0: If you sow the wind, you might reap the whirlwind. Next on Principles and Policies. Welcome to today's edition of Principles and Policies. I'm your host, Barry Sheets, the Executive Director of the Institute for Principal Policy. And along with me today is our co host, the Vice Chairman of the Institute, my fellow analyst and very good friend, Chuck
1: Michaels. Barry, it's very good to be back with you uh, here in this beautiful spring day. Uh, oh, yes. We're recording this on the 14th of April. Uh, two thousand twenty one for our show on the uh seventeenth
0: hey you, 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 you do better tracking of dates than
1: i do so uh it's it's very good to be back with you and uh um we're just sitting here talking about uh uh these many many items that are going by and and the idea is being um how do you from a christian perspective from a biblical worldview, put these things together and try to make a coherent picture. Because if you attempt to use the picture that the news media, it doesn't matter, conservative, liberal, middle of the road, um, try to get you to do, and that is to look at it through a, a secular lens, it doesn't come through right
0: no it's it's kind of off kilter it's sort of like blurry you know it, it's like it's not crisp it's not clear you can't read it very well because you don't understand how to well think about it in the old days remember remember in the old days
1: of television before high def
0: yeah okay yeah and, I, I, and you, I still live in those days actually i live in those days before television but okay never yeah mind.
1: um <laughs> you had your antenna on the roof and if it wasn't pointed exactly at the, if you lived rural like we did and you, uh-huh. and you didn't have it pointed exactly at the the right transmitter, just exactly right, that's right. what'd you get? You got a distorted picture. <laughs> you got kind of a ghosting and, uh-huh. and all these, that's what you're going to see. Or you get a fluttering of the, of yeah. the image, yeah. It's like uh, asking someone who's a sharpshooter to shoot at something from a long distance behind a pane of
0: glass. Right, because of the refraction it the issued. Refract distorts is, it and, well, well, okay, you know, maybe this is not PC enough for this radio program, but I'm a hunter, and so one of the things I really like doing during the summer when you're not hunting deer and, and other wild critters to put in your freezer and on your table is that I like to go do a little thing because I, I bow hunt. I like yeah. to go bow fishing. Oh, yeah. And oh, I don't know how yeah. many people know about that, but I'll tell you what. It is probably one of the most addictive sports out there, at least in my book. But the thing is that you always have to remember with bow fishing is when you're looking down in that water and even you got your polarized sunglasses and everything to cut the re- the glare, you're not cutting any of the refraction. And so when you see this big old hulking body of, a, say, a carp or a drum or whatever big fish comes up near where you're, where you're at where you can get a shot off at him, if you shoot at him, you're going to miss. Because you have to shoot under them, you have to like shoot like four or five yeah. inches below where you see them, because the refraction of the water of that image to your brain and your eyes, that fish is actually closer to you and maybe even deeper than you think. And so, if you shoot, at, and I I had to train my kid, my boys, on how to do this. So I took them down to we we have a, a dam. Down on the Ohio River. Yep. Uh where you can get there's a spillway, you can go in, you can go down on the rocks and stuff. I was teaching them how to shoot. And my one son kept missing. Kept missing. And I'm like, okay, I think I know what your problem is. I said, you're shooting at what you see, right? Well, yeah. No. Shoot below what you see. Well, how far? Uh just shoot just, just below where you're an inch or two. If it's big just shoot just below the bottom of his belly. I said, if it's smaller, shoot a couple inches below the bottom of his belly. All of a sudden, he started hitting him. He's like, wow. And I was like, well, you, you know, yeah. that's because what you think you see isn't what reality is.
1: If you don't understand the refractive index, and the refractive index is essentially how to correct with your biblical worldview what you're that's seeing. Right. That's right. If you don't know how to correct for that, You're going to miss the fish every Every single time. time. And you're going to sit there and tell yourself, but this is what it looks like. Yeah, it is what it looks looks like. like, But it is what it is. Put put an oar in the water.
0: (laughs) Right. The oar looks like it breaks. My
1: oar's broken. (laughs) Then you pull it back up. It's fine. What is that? Think about if you don't under, now, instinctively, of course, all the adults in the room, no that's the case mm-hmm. and all our ancestors knew that was the case too that's right
0: yeah the old illusionist trick about taking your thumb off again. yeah yeah so it's
1: like what i oh, no, i do this i did this to my kids the old thing where you bend your thumb and yeah. bend your finger right. your first finger and then you do this yeah my dad taught me that trick that's he said how right. hey, you remove the the first knuckle of your of your yeah, finger but
0: it's an illusion
1: it's an illusion
0: and again That's been our problem, Chuck, I think, throughout our society right now and throughout our culture and actually throughout this modern milieu, is that we have been operating oftentimes under illusions. We think something some way. We're given data points that supposedly point in a particular direction. But if you can't see the picture clearly through your biblical worldview and you don't understand that oftentimes what you're being told is not the truth, you can make some bad miscalculations based upon what you think you know. Or as our old buddy Mike Peruca from the Constitution that's Party right. used to say, it isn't what you know, and it isn't what you don't know. It's what you know that's just not that's so. Right. That's, that's right. the problem.
1: <laughs> that's exactly it. It's what you know that's just not so. Right. Um, we've been talking about this sort of in, in a way, but we're talking about other things today uh you know we talked a lot about the virus and and all this other stuff because it, it goes it's part and parcel um if you go like my my mother-in-law uh lives in in the the apartment in the basement of our house um and she'll come up and say uh i just heard that bloody blah blah happened uh, janet okay let's think about this for a minute What did they say? And she gives me the exact rundown. Mm -hmm. And I know the basic story. And I said, okay, what's wrong with that picture? I said, put your thinking cap on. What's wrong with the picture? If you know this and this and this and this part, can the conclusion that they've drawn be correct? And she says, well, no. So what's the problem? Is what you know correct or what you've observed on your own correct? Or is what they're telling you correct? Exactly. That's the old old joke about uh, um, basically... Uh, the uh, defense attorney coming to uh, uh, the jury and saying, "Who do you believe, me or your lying eyes?" <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> because I, having served on a couple of juries, yes, it, it's basically uh, we get you get painted a picture. Both sides paint you a picture. Yeah, I've I've actually uh been critical of both the defense and the prosecution. I, I I've been a foreman on a jury and um everybody paints you a picture. Yeah. You sometimes have to put those two pictures together. That's true. And if you have no critical thinking ability, which comes from basically in a lot of cases from having a biblical worldview. Because It's not exactly what the defense told you, and it's not exactly what the prosecution told you. That's right. The truth lies somewhere in between, as they say. And and very often, now, you know, in, in our case, the prosecution prevailed. But uh, there was a charge that we had to find the guy not guilty of. Why? Because he failed to prove his case, even though we knew it had happened.
0: Right. Even the though charge, you knew, but the way they brought as evidence yeah. and what, how they set their case up That's didn't right. allow you to get to that The legitimate. charge was
1: an ad- abduction charge. Yes. And the way they set it up, he failed to prove it. I said, you know what? I told the other jurors and they agreed with me. I said, if they he had argued that it happened in this other part of the house... They would have won. Yep. we would have. We would have found him guilty. But he, he didn't argue that. He argued that it happened in a different part of the house where the girl could get out. So, that being said, yep. uh, I don't want to go down. Skip to the loo way well, down. No, that uh, way down to rabbit. That's pa- okay. Uh, we do that anyway. Chase bunnies. Right that's right. So, yeah, it's all right. But the fact is, you got to put your thinking cap on, and you got to think like a Christian. And yes, you to do. think like a Christian, you go- really. Gotta uh, uh, filter it through the filter of what you know about Christ, what you know about God's character. Let the Holy Spirit lead in what you know about those things. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking oh. about, I'm not talking about what some people are pushing and saying that Jesus said. You need to be in the scripture enough that you know what Jesus said. Yep. Uh When people come to you and say, uh, I, I saw one of these the other day. I was amazed. This guy was an ordained pastor, and he was a homosexual. And he basically said, uh, neither in the Old Testament or New Testament is there any prohibition against homosexuality. And the the host basically backed him into a corner, and he said, well, I think God lied about that in his word.
0: Whoa, okay. That's yeah. That's a bit of a—let's shift that back a little bit, shall we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that usually is at the basis of everything Chuck when you when there's a misinterpretation of scripture or a misapplication of scripture it usually falls down to well I think my ways better than God's I think my That's interpretation right. is is more correct than God's and I think God may have erred here yes. in his word and whether they use the whole idea of critical 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 theory whether they use the whole idea of well, you know, if you take and translate this Hebrew in the Greek, it's a different, which we've heard people do. People, there are people who will try to translate, try to say something says something in a verse because they'll take the Old Testament verse and they'll try to translate it in Greek instead of in Hebrew. Right, right. And have a whole different meaning. And it's like, no, 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 you can't do that. Um, but, you well, know. Well, that's the old story about uh,
1: that uh, the book of Acts, supposedly, the, the, in order to make certain things happen, uh, there are people who argue that the Book of Acts was originally written in Hebrew and then translated to Greek. And translated to Greek, which is an absurdity. Luke, uh, Luke wrote in Greek.
0: Yeah. Okay. And yeah.
1: Luke was the author. Um, but uh, um, the the yes, exactly. What you're saying is exactly true. Mm-hmm. You have to twist it into. You have to assume pretzel logic. Yes. To make it work and what you you're usually almost not usually every time you find out that someone has an agenda they desperately need for God to be on their side for this thing their sexuality is a big one um, the, the uh, they try to make Jesus into uh, uh, Jesus Christ the founder of the first Church of Jesus Christ uh, socialist
0: well okay that there is that so. um, it,
1: this is all worldview issues. Uh, reinterpreting scripture, scripture through your uh, a hierarchy of your personal worldview versus biblical worldview and what God meant when well, He inspired the scripture. Well,
0: what God meant when He says no scripture is of private interpretation. Right. That means that you can't have twenty people and each of them have a different view on scripture and that and they're right. You can't have that. Because God has a unified interpretation of Scripture, a unified body of the whole. Okay, I, I try to put it to people this way when we, t- when we talk about these kind of things. And yes, folks, we are these weird people who actually get into these kind of conversations in casual circumstances with your friends and your neighbors and, and people you work with. Chuck and I are the guys who do this kind of thing. We're the, we're the guys who are, not, who are the, the, the joy killers at a party because well, we yeah. talk about this kind of stuff. But I try to, I try to paint a picture like this um i'm a big fan of puzzles okay i'm such a big fan of puzzles and that whole idea of figuring out a puzzle that if you go over to my facebook profile i gave myself a title because of what i do for a living i'm a lobbyist what does a lobbyist do we figure out puzzles in a lot of cases. In a lot of cases. So I call myself a civic enigmatologist because enigmatology is the <laughs> is the uh, is the uh, skill of putting together or, or figuring out a puzzle, solving a mystery, solving or, or actually creating a mystery. Yes. You know. So so I, and yeah, I try not to create as many as I solve, but you know that's beside the point there. Um, but I, I do also just like puzzles, and one of my favorite kind of puzzles is a thing called a photomosaic. Have you ever heard of these? Oh, yeah, I've seen them. Photo Mosaic Puzzles. It's this huge, lovely image. And one of my favorite ones is like of the spacewalk. And it's like, you know, so you got the the astronaut in the big suit and everything, and they're out there like hanging out in in midair near the shuttle and and things doing the spacewalk. But when you draw into it closely, every piece of that puzzle is a separate picture. And they all come together so that when you pull back a little bit it creates the bigger picture right. which is the actual picture that all the little pieces are actually little clues to what's the big picture that's how yeah. i describe what's going on with this whole idea about no private interpretation of scripture if we all have our own, if we all take our crayons and color our own little our our own little piece of a puzzle and then we throw those pieces together and they all the puzzle will fit together but what's the image going to look like right chaos Yes, but if we all have a set of plans or a set of instruction sheet that says, "Draw this picture, draw this pic, draw the, or draw this image, or draw this part of an image," and we each follow the follow the instruction manual, and we put our little piece and we draw our little piece on there, well, that piece is true because that's what we're seeing. But when we put it in the context of the bigger picture, it actually the bigger picture is clear. Yes. And you see what the bigger picture yeah. is, and you understand the picture because there's information being given there. That's why you can't have a private interpretation of scriptures because God has a big picture that he's trying to explain to us in little teeny puzzle pieces that we are supposed to follow his rule book in order to figure out, A, what what the image is supposed to be, how it's supposed to be shaped, and how it fits into the bigger picture. And if we don't do that, if we just decide we're going to go off and create our own little puzzle pieces to shove in there, i.e., my own personal interpretation of Scripture, am I, my my picture is going to be chaos. My picture is going to be a muddy mess. My picture is going to be a Jackson Pollock. Okay, I might get millions of dollars <laughs> for it, selling it to somebody else, but it's not going to help me to see the truth, to get the understanding of the big picture, to gain useful information to help me <coughs> to process what things are supposed to be what it, reality is supposed to be it's
1: interesting you bring that up because one of my favorite analogies is um try uh when something comes in and, and <laughs> you just can't make it work i said it's like trying to build a ten thousand piece puzzle with 50 pieces missing
0: yeah it's difficult you, you
1: can do it but what you get doesn't look uh, or or trying to do it without the box picture.
0: Those are all. Those are really fun ones. Now, now the other part, the other puzzle is really fun, but it's kind of getting on a tangent. Are the ones where it's the same image front and back, but the back image is turned ninety degrees. Oh oh now, oh oh. Those I even I have trouble. That's with.
1: a challenging. Now <laughs> you know what I like to work puzzles too, but I work a different kind of puzzle than you. Sure do. you do. I work logic puzzles. There you go. Uh, you know, x ex- uh, there are, uh. You know, these five by five grids that you have to figure out. They give you a couple of clues and you have to figure out from that by exclusion or inclusion who was where at what time and what they were doing.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Um, Those are I I always did like for the kids version, the Encyclopedia Brown, the two minute Mysteries. Oh, yes. You had to try to figure out the logic puzzle on it. Uh, Those are fun. Now, you're getting into the more complex logic puzzles, and that's where I kind of lose. I, I, can't, I can't do Sudoku, okay, guys? I can't I can't do the number thing where you figure out which numbers go with which yeah, boxes. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of math involved in that. Yes. I, I, I've about, thought about learning how to do that. I said, I'm getting by just fine on my little word puzzles. But one thing you brought up reminded me of something very important, that okay. thing with the photo mosaic. Mm-hmm. Have you ever studied fractals?
0: A couple of times in a class in school, but not like for casual or leisure. Okay. Either, no. Uh, you get high-definition fractals.
1: Uh, and, I've again, I'm not an expert on this, but I've, I've noticed the same thing. Fractals are based on patterns. Okay. In other words, if you configure the pattern, you can figure out what's happening in the fractal. Okay. It's information, but it's on uh, the basis of a pattern. Okay. So you look at a, at a fractal and it will have some weird little, little, uh, cues or that look like the, uh, paisley or something like that. And you look at it really close and you see the, the original pattern and it really it doesn't convey much information, but you look into it deeper. You pull up a little section of that, of that, uh, paisley. And guess what? There's a repeat of that paisley. Aha. Uh-huh. And you go inside that one, and there's a repeat and there's a repeat of that paisley, and you go inside that one, and there's a repeat of that paisley. all these paisleys are made up of these layers and layers and layers and layers and layers and layers, and layers. as far down as you can go, you know visually there's until only, you get to the only, microverse, yes, yeah, <laughs> until you get you can't there it's infinite. Yes. Why? Because God. Is, this. This is uh, people who love fractals love them because it points to the um,
0: idea that you had to have intelligent design, the infinity, you had to have a creator,
1: the infin- infinite nature of God. Yeah. Well, absolutely. So, you know, I, I, some of them are absolutely fascinating. There's, a, there's, a, uh, uh, what was the guy? Um, uh, Jason Lyle. Okay. Who's, yes. Uh, with. Uh, Answers in Genesis. Answers in Genesis and a couple other places he's sure. hooked up with. He's a big, he's heavily into that. Into, he, you know, he's, a, he's an astrophysicist, and he's heavily into fractals.
0: I take that back. I may have done that for leisure reading one time because I think I read one of his works that AIG put out.
1: Probably. Yeah, I have
0: probably read one of his books.
1: And so. if, you, if you know what we're talking about, folks, go out to AnswersInGenesis.org. Uh, some of Jason Lyle's talks are fantastic there are a couple other guys that do uh do fallacy detection uh i've used them as sunday or as a sunday evening classes when mm-hmm. the pastor says hey, hey i'm sick i can't come can you put something together real quick i said i got just the thing yep um and i'll go in and and we'll do a uh, a thing on logical fallacies or we'll do a thing on you know, fallacy detection and that kind of thing. Sometimes I'll do R.C. Sproul talking about how to defend your faith and that kind of thing, which are all related, by the way, because it all goes back to God's patterns and a Christian worldview. That's true. Absolutely. So what I'm telling you is Mm -hmm. don't accept what you see on, especially on CNN, but on NBC, CBS, ABC, CNN. um, Pardon me. I'd also say Fox News. Um, Newsmax. yeah, Um,
0: you know, uh, um... You, you go down the list. Breitbart. Yep. You all of down them. Down the list. Both, all of them. And both both flavors is like I like. That's right. Both flavors. <laughs> because
1: uh, yeah. both sides tend to eschew the biblical worldview in yes. favor, except for certain individuals. True. Uh, tend to eschew the biblical worldview in favor of the secular, um... Or they don't necessarily want to... They don't want to get into dispi- the metaphysical. They just want to stay in the physical The physical. Realm. They don't want to go off into the metaphysical and see where where God works in his mysterious ways. You,
0: you know, it's interesting you say that because I just saw an interview. This is kind of a little bit of a tangent, but I just saw an interview with a a musician, and the interviewer was talking about how, you know, you couldn't have just pulled... That, because of the way this all came together, you couldn't have just pulled this out of the darkness. You know, it, there's there's like a spiritual piece to this. And the guy didn't want to talk about that. Oh, he just wanted to stay up on the keys, and I've practiced for years and everything. He was scared of delving into no. that metaphysical realm.
1: I'll tell you this about... I, I've studied music enough. I'm not kidding you that I'm some kind of grand musician. I'm one of those people that's born with an with an innate sense of music.
0: Well, I mean, I'm, I'm good for you, because I, I would have to kid people that I was a good musician. I, I've
1: told people once who were good musicians, I said, do you realize... Do you, oh, when you're doing this and this and you hear the arrangement in your head, they go, You can hear mm-hmm. arrangements in your head. And I said, Yeah. I'll, I, sometimes I'll listen to a song and I'll rewrite the arrangement in my head. How do you do that? I don't know. I just do. I can hear the music in my head. You can hear music in your head. Yes. Yeah. Okay. There are people that can do that and there are people that can't do that. Uh, but those who know music, can see the patterns if you've ever studied music theory.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: you can see why things are tonal and why things are atonal. In the in why is that? Because God's universe is ordered. You can hear things in uh, compositions. It, it's why certain kinds of music, especially in the atonal realm, not always, but but in a lot of cases, is unpleasant
0: right well and, and, and you you also have chords go in steps and if you go out of step then you get discordant music. yes and if you've ever listened to somebody like a philip glass or some other things that where they intentionally do discordant things it's not pleasant to listen to no it's it, it it's it fills you with anxiety and it can get you frustrated and feeling feeling angry. it can trigger your emotions just like Though music, the tonal you're talking about, or the ones where the chord structures are follow a right pattern and are put in place correctly, can also impact you because it's hitting that. It's like that fractal, it's hitting that chord deep inside of you that God's already created.
1: Watch any movie, you can find them. Watch any movie sequence that you found exciting or something in the past and watch it with the uh, music soundtrack re- removed. You're yeah, right, and you'll be like, huh? It's entirely <laughs> different. Yes, it is. Why? Because God allows us to use that order. Now, what you're saying, in a lot of cases, classical musicians will put in a discordant section Yes, to show, to uh, elicit feelings of chaos, but mm-hmm. what comes out of it in a, classic, uh, in a classical composition. The order reemerges and overwhelms the discordant. That's the whole point. That's why uh, uh classical music wh- why a lot of moderns really hate classical music because That's a shame. Because it it shows that uh or, the order out of chaos motif. Mm-hmm. Okay. That again, that's a Christian worldview thing. Can do you necessarily have to be a Christian to write great music? Not necessarily, but you at least I, I will posit that you have to have a Christian worldview at least partially intact. Uh, at least, yes. Uh, to understand how how it all works and why it works. And um, if you don't, you end up
0: making music that really nobody wants to listen to. Well, like I said, I'm not really going to like walk across the street to go to a Philip Glass concert, even if the tickets are free, because yeah. I just don't like right. that kind of music. But I, if you have a classical symphony that's performing, yeah, I want to see that. And if you're going to give me a free ticket, I'll be there. Uh But, you know, that's it's this whole idea, though, Chuck, you know, you've got to base everything on the foundation of truth. We can't live our lives in a lie we can't live our lives in discordance and in disharmony. Right. We can't live our lives trying to reimagine the picture because we don't like what it actually says, it shows or we are too blind to see what it's actually showing. We are living this, folks, right now in our culture. It is a big problem. Um, you know, right now we're looking at a, a few situations. I mean, you see things going on, of course, I don't even want to get deeply into talking about the whole thing with COVID-19. and No, we've done this, that to but, death. But yeah. it's basically now, it's like hubba hubba who you're going to trust. You know, Are you trusting the Fauci's of the world and the Mike DeWine's and others who are telling you, hey, just two weeks to flatten the curve. Hey, just a little bit. Hey, if we just all wear masks. Hey, if we all just six feet distance. Hey, if we all just get this wonderful vaccine that's perfectly safe. Yeah. Uh, gee that's one of the wait a minute we discontinued the use of one of those vaccines just today just this week actually yesterday i think um because oops because it's actually not been tested and it's only been given approval for emergency use because it hasn't gone through all of the drug testing that it needs to go through in order to actually prove that it doesn't do harm yeah it's doing harm now, the key one that they they pulled the Johnson & Johnson vaccine on for right now was, what was it called? Blood it's clot. Cephalic uh, venous thrombosis. So, in other words, it was forming blood clots in your sinuses and in your brain. Yeah. One woman's already died. Six others are in various stages of critical care in the hospitals, all from the effect of a shot. That they've all been convinced that they have to have in order to protect themselves yeah. against a virus that has a 99.8% survival rate.
1: And by the way, folks, the Johnson & Johnson one is the uh, fetal, fetal cell. Is the
0: one made with fetal cells. Yes. yes that's that, cell. it made directly with fetal cells. The other ones can't even get away from that because they were tested and developed using fetal cell lines. Way back in the, yeah, back yes. in its
1: pedigree, they're, they're back there. By the way, you, you brought at the beginning of the show, what did you talk about? What was your theme? Oh, it was they sow the wind, you reap the whirlwind. Reap the whirlwind. It's Hosea eight seven. That's right. Right.
0: That's right. For
1: they sow the wind and they shall reap the whirlwind. The standing grain has no head. What's what good is grain with no head? Uh, I think it won't feed you. You can that's make sure. you can make hay out of it. You that's make hay. It. That's right. Uh, it shall yield no, yield no flour if it were to yield. Strangers would devour it. Okay. Think about that for a minute. Yes. What uh, the, the meaning of that? Now uh, Hosea is talking about. Uh, basically, the coming fall of the uh, final fall of Judah, if I remember right, from my uh, um, uh, Bible studies. But you also brought up something about critical theory. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people talk about critical theory, but they don't really talk about what it is. A lot of people don't even realize that they're talking in critical theory terms. What does it mean? It's an approach to social philosophy that focuses on reflective assessment and critique of society and culture in order to reveal and challenge power structures. Mm-hmm. In other words, critical theory is an entirely separate worldview. Mm-hmm. Entirely separate. Basically, uh, the, uh, the the reason I bring up th- that... Uh, that particular definition of critical theory. Mhm. If you think about it, reveal and challenge challenge power structures. In the definition, there is a critical uh, uh, assumption. Yes. And what is that? What what do you see in the in the assumption? We'll see if we're in the same on the same page. That's all. It's a quiz
0: who determines what the power, what power is.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And reveal and challenge. challenge. What yeah. does it mean? It's in and of itself a revolutionary viewpoint. Oh, of course it is. Once you accept critical theory, you are a revolutionary. Yes. Now, there's nothing wrong with critically reviewing uh, what you see going on in a particular system. Okay. But what do you use as your, uh, your, okay. uh, uh, Let's go into the, what the word cannon means. Mm -hmm. What's your cannon? A cannon means a reed, which was used as a measuring stick. So what's your measuring rod when you do these evaluations? Well, according to critical theory, it's the idea that the power uh, basically the power structure is against you. It, it's part and parcel of, of how critical theory runs. You go into it assuming uh, this is why you'll see peop, young people who assume because you're white, you're racist. okay? 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 Because of critical race theory. Why? Because supposedly whites hold all the power. Yep. Uh, and so we're going to reveal that and we're going to challenge it. How are we going to challenge it? Well, what we have to do is eliminate whiteness. If you have heard that that particular saying. It's not just in, in race. There's a lot of it in the church. Mm-hmm. You and I have seen it.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Um, it tends to, unfortunately, it sneaks in because people aren't looking for it, it sneaks in even with those who aren't really totally self-conscious about their Christian worldview. And that means it'll come in in leadership of the church and that kind of thing. Uh, uh, The church is there. They're using Jesus as a... They won't criticize Christ himself necessarily. They'll say, he's been misinterpreted. He's being Mm -hmm. used to prop up power structures. Uh Aha. He's being used to to prop up economic structures. Uh, Jesus wouldn't have cared one way or another about uh, uh, any economic system. So it's okay for us to, to adopt any system we want. What do you say to someone from a biblical worldview that says that to you?
0: If they're coming from a biblical worldview and they say that, they obviously haven't done a good job of looking at the That's Bible. That's right. Yeah. But what, I, what,
1: Where would you go to, to really to, to get the lowdown on on biblical economic theory?
0: I would look at them and say, well, first of all, Scripture says that if a man will not work, then neither should he eat. So the whole idea of social welfare is completely yeah. off the table, according to Christ. Um, Christ also said to pay your taxes. Um, you know, And he actually gave the example of bringing the fish up and finding the— uh, the coin in the mouth. In the mouth. Yeah. Uh, he also said to give to Caesar what is Caesar's, which means don't be, you know, don't be covetous. So, you know, we don't need an oligarchic or a a socialistic system where, you know, you got to have more from, of of what somebody else has. Just pay well, your pay pay your way, pay your fair share, work hard, leave an inheritance for your children's children, and that inheritance isn't just spiritual; it's also the the inheritance of them being able to have you know have a home be able to have the tools they need to work uh to be able to provide to be able to do that provision themselves because again if a man will not work then neither should he eat
1: how many of the psalms and proverbs have to do with commerce
0: oh all of the, i mean proverbs 31 uh, most women cling to that but what is that all about that's about her Selling in the marketplace, yes, exactly. She That's is commerce.
1: <laughs> she's supplementing the family income, yeah, by having her own industry, and in, she in considers the a
0: field and buys it. Oh well, there goes that whole communal ownership of property thing. That's right, right out. Um, so yes, you're right. The, I mean, and and yeah. I, but I'm just saying that one's like the marquee one that if anybody was ready, whoa, whoa, do you believe that you you know is your biblical worldview that your wife should be a Proverbs 31 woman? Well then, you want her to go and. Make things and sell them in the marketplace and go buy property yeah. and do other things. And in a modern society, that may be sell real estate.
1: She may be, uh, a lot of things, yeah. be a CEO of her own company. Could, uh, the same be, thing. Could be a lot of things. That's yeah. right. Um, there are all kinds of things. But beyond that, if you, one of the reasons that uh, moderns who, who are critical theorists want to avoid the Old Testament. Is because the old testament does speak about economics yes. a lot yes, fair it does. fair weights and measures
0: that's right uh, just weights and just measures yeah. uh, are, unjust weights and unjust measures are an abomination to the lord
1: that's right prosperity mm-hmm. through hard work yes uh g- good thinking good sound thinking mm-hmm. uh fair pricing
0: right. well you know we've we've had the idea of hard work for for getting the things that you need from genesis yes it was actually part of the curse because a man shall earn his bread well how by the sweat of, of his brow. brow yeah in other words you will have to work hard to get the things you need chuck what happened to that people deserve to have all these free things like free college and free health care and Free this and free that and free the other Right. Thing. Are those biblical concepts? Or is that more of the subtle yes. serpent-like It's critical temptation, theory. Similar to what the serpent did to Eve in the garden that got them there in the first place where Adam and, and his progeny, i.e. us, have to earn their bread by the sweat of their brow. They don't live in paradise anymore because they believed... That they could be as gods and do whatever they wanted to do. And that. Well, think about they don't have, that. They didn't have to work hard.
1: If it's free, where
0: does it come from? There is no such thing as free. Well, of course there isn't. There, there's the free grace of God, okay. but even it is not exactly free. You're so. thinking
1: critically through your biblical lenses. Oh, please
0: forgive me. I'm sorry. Okay. I shouldn't. Let's go, I shouldn't, let's I shouldn't go do back. That. Let's go
1: back and, and <laughs> think that you can shoot at a fish with a bow and arrow th- <laughs> in the water and, st- and, hit- and can't understand why you can't hit it. Why well, you can't hit it. Doesn't why it? doesn't this free thing work?
0: Because somebody has to pay for it.
1: Somebody's got to pay for Somebody's it. Somebody's got to pay for now, it. Now, what happens if you if you decide that the quote-unquote rich
0: have to pay for it? How do you define rich? That's part of it. Who Who is rich, and what are they paying for, and who deserves to get it? Okay. And who gets to make those decisions? Once you loot the rich... They're not rich anymore. Yeah. Then what happens? Then I guess if you transfer the money directly, then the people who weren't rich will be rich and so it's time to soak them. If only that's the way it works. I was going <laughs> to say I was going to say and then you're in what, this endless loop. <laughs> what does the Bible say about the sluggard? That the sluggard he won't even lift his own hand to his mouth to feed That's himself. That's right. A little but folding of the hands, hands, a little a little slumber. slumber and
1: comes then cometh destruction. Yes. It's it's a uh, uh, the sluggard also dips his hand into the bowl and is too lazy to bring it back to his face.
0: Right. So in other words, he's provided the food. It's there, but he won't do anything to.
1: He won't do the work to come get it. <laughs> yeah. What this is this is the problem. It, it's a it. If you think about it this way, Mm -hmm. critical theory says the man's bad, and so therefore he he needs to provide all these things for you. Who's the man? It's the government. Is it God? God is the provider.
0: Well, he's supposed to be, yes. He he is. By design, he is.
1: He is. But
0: but not if you go and ask the government.
1: But these people walking outside of their Christian worldview, or outside of the worldview they should have. They don't have a Christian worldview; they have a secular worldview. Yes. Basically, God has become government, and government has become God.
0: Well, I was going to say that's yeah. It's uh, I don't think God has become anything but God. But, gover- but government I'm, has arrogated to itself the the role of God. In other words. They are embracing the serpent in the garden. That, I
1: was going to say. Your like, eyes are open and you can be as God. I was speaking in a small G terminology and I should have made that clear. Okay, well, that's fine. Um, but but God is sitting back and, you know, uh, the Lord laughs. Yes. Um, Psalm 2. The Lord laughs. Yep. The, why do the uh, nations labor in vain? Why do the kings, uh, you know, uh, disdain the sun? Uh, the Lord laughs. Um, it's it's a this is why critical theory doesn't work, folks. But this is why desperately people are trying to teach it to your children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it used to be only in college. Now it's in high school. It's in junior high, and it's in elementary school. When Sesame Street has a character who is demonstrably white and everything is his fault, that's a new character on Sesame Street. Oh, really?
0: Yes. That, okay, I don't pay any attention. Like I said, TV, what's that? Yeah, I don't think
1: it's come out yet, but this is their this is their introducing this character and everything is his fault. Yeah. Okay, what are they doing? This is a subtle way of getting at your toddlers that white is bad and um all bad things happen and it's all the fault of white people and whiteness. So whatever whiteness we mean. Look, this is one of those things. Whiteness means whatever you want it to mean. And it's just as bad as the people in the past that said all these things are because of blackness. Okay. There were people who, racists in the past, and anyone who says, by the way, that, that uh, whites are the cause of everything is a racist. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there were racists in the past. It, it was all due to the Mexicans. It was all due to the, the Asians. It was all due to the, uh, bl- the blacks. It was all due to the Irish. Okay. Uh, it was all due to the Italians. No, it's not. It isn't due to them. Okay. It, it's an absurd way of looking at things, but in in all forms, it's a form of critical theory. You are uh, revealing and challenging in the power structure. Mm-hmm. So that that is why this is such a dangerous concept. It is. If you pay attention in some youth programs in churches, this is rampant. Why? Because it's rampant in colleges and uh universities that are yes. supposedly christian at their core and seminaries that are supposedly christian at their core it's snuck in folks it's out there you have to be very careful now when you're doing things like bringing on elders yes. uh bringing in uh, new pastors especially young pastors at a seminary mm-hmm. true uh you if you find yourself uh, here here's the problem with a business board if you've got the uh, certain church models where the pastor is the CEO and the board is just basically a board of directors who operate at his will and whim and I've been in those um you're going to run into trouble if you've got a a, a plurality of elders you could still be in trouble if you've got the wrong kind of elders in your uh, on your, uh, session or your, uh, what is it? Cla- uh, classes. It's, uh, the consistory. Consistory. Yes. Right. If you've got uh, the wrong kind of elder in your consistor- consistory or session or at your presbytery level and your, or your classes, mm-hmm. um, you could be in trouble. A lot of churches are finding themselves in trouble. Uh, that people are leaving. They don't really understand what's wrong with co- what's coming out of the pulpit. And what's coming out of the, the teaching, but they know something's off. This is why. Because this kind of stuff is taking hold. Yes, it is. Um and we see it around us. Uh Barry and I were having a discussion today. Um, you know, about uh uh the left wants democracy unless it goes against them, in which case it's dangerous.
0: Uh, Right. Exactly. It's good. It's for me, but not for thee is kind of the mentality.
1: Uh, It's okay to have mob violence on the left, but uh, which to which Barry and I would both say, no, it isn't. But it's not okay to have uh, activity on the right. That, it,
0: it's, it's equally as illegitimate to have, uh, and let's just go ahead and deal it into the situation, yeah. it's equally as legit, illegitimate to have someone with a badge and a gun thinking that their first recourse is to take the life of someone right. in, in order to prevent a crime as it is for someone to take up and destroy pri- other people's private property in the sense of protesting against a, a an act of that nature. Both sides are wrong. Absolutely. Both sides are looking at it from an unbiblical worldview. They're looking at it from a secular worldview. You know, we've just had the situation here in central Ohio. We've been paying attention here for the last few days over Minneapolis because, again, the trial of uh, uh, Derek Chauvin, who was the police officer who uh, engaged with um, George Floyd, and George Floyd died as a result of the engagement, or at least that's the, the direction that the prosecution wants to take is that Chauvin actually murdered Floyd in, in some sense by misusing his uh, his power, force and authority to basically smother him to death. Um, but that's not exactly... So what's happening is that's not exactly what the line of fact that's coming into the case is starting to show. It's starting to show a different picture. Now, couple that with the fact that you had a shooting... In another town in not Minneapolis but another town Brooklyn. in Minnesota, yeah. Brooklyn Minnesota. Um during this time that this trial's going on, where a female police officer uh was responding to a, a you know trying to arrest a a, per, a individual who on a warrant, uh, on a warrant for a very violent act of uh a robbery that ended up with a, a an assault against an old 80-year-old woman who was beaten severely by this supposedly by the suspect. And the suspect was then threatening back to the officer who drew what she thought she was drawing was her taser, but happened to be her issued her pistol. pistol. And she ended up killing the perp, the suspect, the person who had a warrant on them. And for the last three days, Minneapolis and parts of Um, Minnesota have been in flame again from riots and destruction of people angry at this whole thing. Well, okay. Yes, you can be angry at it, but there are means in order to deal with that anger. That's why you have elected representatives on those city councils. Right. You know, you have, you have lines of authority that need to be dealt with. Uh, you have to do things decently and in order. You know, you don't get, you know, okay. It's the whole idea of two wrongs don't make a right. Um, it was equally as wrong for that officer to shoot that perpetrator if it wasn't in like direct defense of their own life, which we're still not clear on what all the particulars of that particular situation were. Did the the person who had a warrant out, were they approaching the officer? Did they have a deadly weapon in their hand? Was there violent intent? Were they you know, what was going on? We don't know those particular there's there's an audio
1: that goes along with the the uh with the uh body cam video for the cop and it becomes rather clear that she didn't really realize that she was pulling her gun um whether that means that she reacted uh too instinctively i mean what do you do, Uh, barry let me ask you Mm -hmm. what What do you think you might do in that situation? I have no idea. I have no idea. I really
0: can't. I I mean... I can't put myself in that spot. I can't put myself in that spot because, A, I don't have the training that that officer supposedly had. Right. B, I don't know how what kind of a reaction was coming from the individual who supposedly had the warrant out. I don't know what, what the circumstances of the situation were. Um, But i do know one thing the reaction from people who weren't directly involved engaged or directly affected by that circumstance in that situation is off the charts wrong right right now i'll be called it, i'm a racist for saying it no i'm not critical theory critical theory let me run back because we've had another incident here in central ohio chuck like I said, while yeah. this was all going on in Minneapolis over the last three or four days with the trial with this officer-involved shooting, we had another situation here in our backyard. This happened yesterday on Monday. It happened on Monday afternoon, okay? Monday afternoon, police uh, were called to um, St. Anne's Hospital up in Westerville. In Westerville. You know yeah. where it is. I know right where it you is. You know right where it is. You used to live in the neighborhood. Um, and during whatever happened, the exchange, a individual uh, was shot and killed. That individual happened to be a, a person who had uh, some... And I'm going to pull this up here because this was in the, the Columbus Dispatch, and if you saw it, you wouldn't get all it because you have to go way down in the article to actually get the details of what actually happened. Which is what usually happens. Which is what usually bad, happens. Bad journalism. But basically, um, this shooting that happened at St. Anne's was because that uh, a 27-year-old man by the name of Miles Jackson was shot at St. Anne's during what police said, and I'm quoting from the dispatch, during what police said was an exchange of gunfire, an exchange of gunfire, that means that the individual, Mr. Jackson, supposedly also had a firearm and was actually discharging and it and fired it Yeah, with the wanted suspect, that's with the gun for police, with the suspect inside the Mount Carmel St. Anne's Hospital emergency department in the building yeah okay so this individual was in the building who and was armed apparently and we don't know why but for some reason now maybe this was police detail that's just at the hospital anyway because sometimes they work security for various things, or maybe there was something else going on where they were bringing in somebody from another incident or from another issue. Who knows? Nobody knows what's going on there, except for the fact that basically... But you see, the idea was wanted suspect. Those are the words you should focus in on. This individual had a warrant as well. This was someone that the police were already looking for because of the connection to another crime and who, when approached by police at inside the emergency department at Mount Carmel St. Anne's, supposedly drew a weapon and fired. Whether that's returning fire or initiating the fire, we don't know at this point. We don't know. Yep. So we can't fill in any blanks there. But if we can't fill in these blanks, how in the world was it that last night, on Tuesday night, a large group of protesters who went downtown and supposedly was doing a peaceful protest until somebody pulled out a pair of bolt cutters. Okay, Do you you take bolt cutters to a protest, Chuck, or to to a rally? If you go to a rally for some Uh, issue or event that you like, do you you normally carry around a pair of bolt cutters? I would not carry
1: a pair of bolt cutters except uh, in a case, and I'll relay that later, but I would not normally (laughs) carry a set of bolt cutters to a...
0: Okay, all right. So anyhow, so somebody had a set of bolt cutters, (coughs) and what they did was... The police had basically put a shackle around the front doors of the police headquarters. Sure. There, um, pretty normal practice. And you see, you, those are big glass doors with the big revolvers and everything else. So they they basically wanted to shut down so that people just wouldn't come milling inside the police headquarters. I get it. Somebody took a pair of bolt cutters, cut those off, and then they all and a bunch of them went into the police headquarters. Well, you know what? That's considered breaking and entering. Sure regardless whether it's your private residence or the police headquarters, it's still private property. And especially since they had the doors bolted, it was a sign to say, we don't want you coming in here. It's like when you lock your doors when you go. Yeah. Like, say, when you go to bed at night, you lock your front doors. If I come up and I kick the door in, or I jimmy it, or I use a pair of bolt cutters yeah. to cut cut the, the, the locking hasp, doesn't it, doesn't it. matter what my reasons were. It yeah. doesn't matter what I felt about it. I'm committing a crime. It will not go well for you either. It it would (laughs) not go well for me. I know from you. Yes, that's right. But basically, so what you had was a number of protesters started going into the the building, and the police met the protesters just inside the doors, just basically saying, "No, you can't come in here." You know that that's the reason why it was locked, and somebody you know broke that. Well, during the effort for the police officers who were not pointing weapons at them, not right. doing anything else, escorting them back out the doors. One of the protesters, a young man who's obviously an Ohio State student, um, by the name of Hunter Matten, 20-year-old kid from up in northwest Ohio, Caucasian, mind you, who was supposedly part of the protest group protesting against police brutality against blacks. Okay, I, that's fine. You're welcome to, to, you, that's the reason why we have the First Amendment. You have the right that's to peaceably right. assemble and to protest or to get a redress of your grievances. Yeah. Okay. First Amendment rights. But that's where the end. Destroy, doing breaking, entering, destroying personal property isn't part of your First Amendment rights. So this young man who obviously is very passionate about the plight of people being shot and about the plight of his african-american brothers and sisters which i gotta give him okay yeah we all are compassionate to people especially when we don't know all the things that went on you know you can't we can't just rush to snap judgment but so as the police are walking these individuals back outside of the building to where they could continue their peaceful protest this young man decided and there is a photo in the article from the dispatch showing him on the security camera with a club, a piece of wood, a club stick, that's probably about 16 inches long. Okay? Looks pretty substantial. This young man took this 16 or so inch piece of wood and turned around and hit a police officer with it. Struck him in the chest and in the face, split his lip open. So in other words, that's assault. And because he used something like a club, it can be assault with a deadly weapon. It's also assault against a police officer in the course of doing their duty. This young man's in deep, deep trouble. Remember why I said the young man was there in the first place? Yeah. He was concerned about the plight of his African-American brothers and sisters. Turns out that the police officer that he assaulted with a club that he brought into the building with him is a sergeant by the name of Justin Coleman. Now, that, if you live in Central Ohio, that last name sounds vaguely familiar to you, doesn't it? Not even that vague. Not even that vague for many of us. And you would be right. You're making the right mental connections. Justin Coleman is the son of former Columbus Mayor Mike Coleman. Who, might I add, both Mike Coleman and his son Justin happen to be, wait for it, African American, they're African American, yeah. So this twenty-year-old kid from a high state university, in in decrying the plight of of, of black people being uh, having violence done against them by police, turned around and did violence on a police officer who was black. How does critical race theory deal with this, Chuck? Okay, I'll tell you how it's it it, it stops
1: being critical race theory and it has has uh, goes over to. Uh, the part uh, part of the uh, definition that is critique of society and culture in order to reveal and challenge power structures. If a black man, uh, an African American, or a, an Asian, or some other thing, is part of the power structure, they're automatically yes. they automatically uh, get a white filter. Mm-hmm. Because white is the problem. This this is why you'll see how is this gonna. You can ask yourself this question if you're looking at it from a secular uh, perspective, how is this going to work in woke culture? Well, here's the way it works. Mm-hmm. He wasn't being black while he was being assaulted. He was white because he was part of the power structure. So there's a this whiteness filter. Okay. That's how it works. If you're part of the... Uh, you, you can be... Uh, Um, this is why in places like Chicago, you'll, you'll see in a lot of these big cities where the riots were, Yep. Chicago, Atlanta, um, are run by what? They're democratically controlled, uh, strongholds. And a lot of them are, uh, run by African Americans. Mm -hmm. Well, what's the problem? Why are you burning down a city that's run by an African American? Because they're the power structure.
0: Yes, because so so the race doesn't matter at that point. It's just the, it's, the whole idea of power. It long since stopped mattering. And that's
1: a big problem. That is a major problem. And it actually is part of this schizophrenia that you get into when you disconnect from the absolutes of biblical worldview and go over to a secular worldview, especially one which has a critical theory filter, because the critical theory is going to collapse. That's Why? true it's too narrow of a focus and it doesn't have god at the center despite the the attempts to make it look that way again you when you reap the wind or when you sow when the sow wind, wind you reap the whirlwind reap the whirlwind this next time you hear critical theory folks go back and listen to this again uh, cuz it'll be up go back and listen to it again it's it's the beginning of an explanation uh you can get as deep into understanding critical ra- uh, theory critical theory overall it's not just race yeah, it's it, economic yeah, it's, it's uh, yes. governmental it's it, name something there's a critical theory that goes along with it okay that being said you know what we think we want to know what you think and please let us know what you think because one thing we notice is you guys don't comment much you might call uh, WLRY and say, hey, those guys are idiots, or I really enjoy that show, or, uh, you know, uh, say nothing. Mm-hmm. But we'd like to hear from you. Uh, you know, one of these days, I- I've got an idea on that, Barry. We'll, we'll talk about that okay. off air. Uh, but that being said, you know what we think? We want to know what you think? www.principledpolicy.com. That's principledpolicy.com. And uh, we ask that you join us again next week for another Principles and Policies. Yes.